Hello and welcome to Freedom Through Truth, a broadcast outreach of Ministries of Wayne Weaver, bringing the freedom of God through the truth of God's Word. Let's tune in to today's message. Our carnal man imprisons our spirit. And so our carnal man has to surrender to the power and the death of Jesus Christ so that there is a resurrection. And when there is a resurrection, we raise up out of that and the spiritual man can come forth. And so that is what I see the problem with this enmity thing. So many people are not walking in the spirit. And as a result, they fulfill the lust of the flesh. And immediately when we think the lust of the flesh, we're thinking lust by way of eyes and things of this nature. There's a lust much deeper than that. It's found in Romans chapter 7. You see, I believe what happened here, it says that Jesus, at the tearing of that veil, which was the flesh, of his flesh, and the Bible says at another point, when the Jewish people will turn to Christ, when it shall turn to Christ, they will come through. There is an element in us that is called the flesh, and the spirit, you all know that, so body and spirit. And it's that flesh man that is often the one that is apologetic to the world and saying, sorry world, that I have to pray before I eat. Sorry world, but my life is a holy life and I can't do this. And I believe when a person pierces through his flesh life and he lives in the spirit, it's when you'll see the world starting to back up and they will start apologizing because they see the broken veil. They see that flesh that opened up and now they see Jesus and they can see the power of Jesus, the power of holiness coming out of our life. And they look at us and say, that's a different life. There's something pure about that. Have you ever walked through an airport, walked through a terminal, didn't know a person, and you walk past people, and you can pretty much pick out, ah, oh, there's a smile, there's peace, there's joy on that heart. You can, you can detect it. You can see it. You can sense it. Enmity. Enmity keeps us divided. So we will not mix the unholy into the holy. Because it will not mix. If you take unholy into the holy, it is unholy. So enmity is God-designed. It is for God's holiness. It is for your protection. You should never feel bad. You should never feel apologetic about the Christian, uh, Christian life you live. It should be something that... How should I say? You should be so delighted. And I see this, and I'll say this this morning. I'm not sure what this brother's name is that comes up here and is new here. Second time I've ever seen him. Comes up here, and he is a loving God. I love that. The flesh stays back there somewhere. And he comes up here and he blesses God regardless of what people think. Because it's a little bit like David. Think of this. When David danced before God. Now this is probably a little bit. You can take it however you want to. But David, when he danced before God, his wife saw that his clothes even dropped off of him. And he was dancing naked before God. And he came back and his wife said, you should be ashamed. You were out there dancing naked in front of all those people. And he said, I wasn't dancing naked in front of him. I was dancing before God. He wasn't thinking about the people because there was sanctification. The enmity kept him divided from what he was doing. It kept him with God and not with the people. 
It is God designed. And I would to God to see this church, to see your life where you have so separated yourself and your heart unto God that there's nothing that is a threat out there. You're not apologetic about your life that you live. Amen? Amen. Enmity is God designed for your protection. So we should never feel apologetic if I can continue to say that until I'm done today. Hallelujah. We often think, you see, if, you, if you're defending a religion, you'll have all kinds of these problems. And I believe that's part of the problem where this all starts is we have, we have religious denominations and those denominations all have something that they want to offer as being their theme of who they are. And this can be from every denomination, and I can give you an example from a Baptist is eternal secure. You've heard me say this time and time again. And the Pentecostal speak in tongues, and the, the Mennonites wear coverings. It's all this, and it's the foremost thing. That has to be there. If that's in place, if that's in place, if you go to Christian Alliance, you'll find out you have any on the mission field. If you do, uh, then you fit in. It's this kind of thing that makes us apologetic because we're defending something and not God. So it makes us conscious of something it shouldn't make us conscious. And I believe this is part of the little things, the inroads that Satan tries to feed us at the garden. So that we have little things that we feel bad about. Rather than God and his holiness and his nature that gives us joy and gives us abundant joy. And takes care of us in, every, in our everyday life and, and keeps us full of peace and, and all the fruit of the Spirit. But rather than we become apologetic because it's been ingrained in us. Enmity is God designed. He went and he preached to the spirits in prison, it says, right after the tearing of the veil. And let me ask you my, this question, my friend. Has your spirit been imprisoned or has it been released out of prison? Are you hiding behind something? Are you embarrassed of being a Christian? Are you embarrassed to come up here and worship God? Are you embarrassed to be seen to go to church? Are you embarrassed to talk to somebody about God? Your spirit is still in prison. Let the work of the cross bring you out. So where it does, and this is easier said than done. I'm a man, I'm of human passion the same way. This is easier said than done, and I'm not being idealistic. There is a way to come out of that flesh because Jesus has died for it. He has taken it down to the cross, and I stand with that. And in that gives me tremendous release to do the work of God and to have his holiness in my life. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 19. Having therefore, brethren, boldness to enter into the holy of holies, by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way, which he has consecrated for us through the veil. That is to say, his flesh. He has done it through the veil, that is, through his flesh. So our flesh is a veil. And I'm asking you, has that veil been rent? Have you allowed that veil, that flesh to be rent, which comes by way of the cross? That death on the cross, that dying, if you'd be here during the week in these meetings we're having here, uh, teaching meetings out of Romans, one of the things that I continue to tell the people, so death is in us. So death is in us. 
Everywhere I go, there's the opportunity, there's death again. And there's people that say that we should never dwell so much on death because it's about resurrection. That is absolutely right. But I, this is what I believe that you get when you die, this death that the cross offers. It takes 20% of your life effort or whatever that is, whatever your content, 20 and you gain 80. It's a 20-80 rule. So, we can, so Paul said, I die daily. Why? Because Jesus and God is looking for this death thing. As soon as he sees it, he'll explode it with life. And he does it daily. This is what I believe the Bible is teaching concerning this. We die daily. So death work is in us. You can't help it. Oh, I got to take up the cross. Oh, no, death. That, yes, it worketh in me. So when I go traveling somewhere, oh, the death. Oh, the, nobody knows. I'm the only one a Christian around. I'm not going to live like a Christian now. I'm just, oh, so you have an option again to die. Death works in me every turn I make. It works in me. Why? So that a greater resurrection power can be upon my life. And it happens just like that. Constantly. So death, you'll never get away from that in this world. You will never get away from death workers in me. It is normal. It is natural. It's the way it works within the saint. We always have that opportunity to lay down our life now. And so that he can resurrect it. We delight in that resurrection, but we don't want to go the way of the cross. There is no other way. So death works in me. So I always have the opportunity of being a dying man. That's why Paul says, I delight, therefore, in persecutions and things of this nature. Why? Because when I'm weak, dying death, I'm strong. Because the 20%, which is my 100% that I lay down, God gives me a 1,000% resurrection. Amen. That's how it works. That's the Christian life. I hear something going on. Am I, am I, I don't know what I'm doing here. I'm making some extra sounds. Do you understand about the work of the cross? Do you understand about this separation? Do you understand about what enmity is? It's a beautiful thing. It's God made. Now, in this, I would like to go and look at 2 Corinthians 6. Because the carnal mind is, here we go. The carnal mind is enmity against God. For it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. So carnal and spiritual cannot mix. Have you ever noticed that a carnal man cannot be a spiritual man? Have you ever noticed a spiritual man cannot be a carnal man? You know why? They can't mix. God will not allow that. That's called enmity. You'll either be carnal or you'll be spiritual. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God. God will not allow you to have a little bit of him if you have a little bit of Satan. It doesn't work that way. The carnal mind cannot receive the things of God. It can't. Only the spiritual mind. You see that stark division between enmity. It's been designed so that it cannot be mixed. Verse 8. So then they that are in the flesh cannot please God. How do you please God? It's done in faith. This is all God designed. And if I can say it this way, it's supposed to be this way. Verse 17. Wherefore, I'm going to talk about Sinai here in a little bit. Wherefore, come out from among them and be ye separate, saith the Lord. And touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you. Come out must have been obvious that if there is an asking to come out, you must have been in. And if, it's, if it says among them, it must have been mixed in it. And then it says separate yourself. Touch not the unclean thing. Make no contact. Even in the Garden of Eden, they couldn't even touch the tree. It says they, it was forbidden to touch the tree. So he's asking us to come out and be separate. 
Listen, friend, and I believe, and, and I know that from traditional background where I was raised up, immediately we're thinking about clothes. Mass has nothing to do with it. You can put anything on anybody, and it will not change anything within. It is divinely talking about coming out of the veiled flesh. Come out. Touch not the unclean thing. Do not be carnal-minded, but be spiritual-minded. And that comes by way of the cross. Come out. Separate yourself. Don't be apologetic about it. If you don't fit in, you might be, belong to a sales company or something, and you have to go and do sales, and sometimes you sit in the sales meetings. And there's just something in you that just, you groan at times because the things they laugh at, I can't laugh at. And the conversations after the meeting, it just, I just want to get out of there. That's good. It's the way it's supposed to be. It's normal. It is God-given, and that's my whole basis of this message. Don't apologize about it. You should feel comfortable about it. You're on the right track when you can sense that. You know what? I just don't blend in. That's the way it should be. It is the way God designed Enma to work, to work so that I can stay clean from the works of the flesh, the powers of darkness, so that I can be under holiness. Now, I like to... Read in Exodus about Sinai. And at the end of this, we want to show you something up here. In Exodus chapter 19, I have two verses. We look at what God, I said that God needs protection, not that we don't hurt him, but look at this. And thou shalt set bonds unto the people round about, saying, Take heed to yourselves that ye go not up into the mount or touch the border of it. Verse 13. There shall not any hand touch it, but if but if he shall surely be stoned, or he shall surely be stoned, or shot. Thank you for listening to today's program. We hope you were blessed. This program is made possible by the generous donations of our listeners. Check out our website and get our weekly word e-letter by signing up at www.ministriesofwayneweaver.com. Until next time, God bless.